Marine Corps veteran Greg Fisher did three combat deployments in support of Iraqi freedom and enduring freedom, and then went on to get a Bachelor of Science and MBA degree. Then he worked for 10 years in the insurance industry as a leader and coach before leaving the comforts of the corporate world and launched Burn Pit Barbecue. Coming up next, a veteran on the move. Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. Navy Federal's employees are veterans and military spouses, so they're part of the community they serve and they understand their members better than anyone. Learn more about how Navy Federal is celebrating the commitment that connects them to their members at NavyFederal.org slash celebrate. Hey, today we're talking to Marine veteran Greg Fisher, co-founder of Burn Pit Barbecue. Greg, uh, you had some interesting times in the Marine Corps, very busy, very busy time with uh, Iraq and Afghanistan going on. Um, and then, you know, you did, you did everything right. You, you got out of school, got a couple of degrees, got in, got in the insurance business, and then took this plunge in entrepreneurship. But before we get to talking about all that, take us back and tell us what you did when you were in the Marine Corps. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate the opportunity to be on here. Um, yeah. So I was a senior in high school when uh, September 11th uh, happened, 2001. And that, that really helped kind of make up my mind for me. Um, I decided to join the Marine Corps shortly after that. And um, yeah, I was a Marine uh, infantry rifleman. So um, at that time, we were just uh, looking at getting involved with Iraq and uh, we were already heavily involved in Afghanistan. So um, I was part of the initial invasion from Kuwait to Baghdad in Iraq. And then I made uh, two more deployments after that back to Iraq as well. And so what was your transition plan? Did you have a transition plan or what was your transition like out of the Marine Corps? Yeah, I mean, I'd say I probably didn't have much of a plan. Um, You know, after four years of heavy combat um, and multiple deployments, uh, I decided it was best for me to get out and come back home. Um, And I know I kind of wanted to go to school, uh, but I didn't really have a school picked out. Um, I didn't know where I was going to go or what I wanted to do. Um, So really, I came back home. I started working in a warehouse and uh, things just kind of started to unfold from there. Wow. So so you come back home. just got a, got a basic job. So you ended up going to school twice. You got a, you got a bachelor of science degree and an MBA, um, ultimately yeah. find yourself in the insurance business. So, um, how is it that, how is it that you got into the insurance business? I mean, uh, so I, I, when I went back to school, eventually to get my bachelor's, um, I was, I, I picked finance as a topic that you know, I wanted to pursue. And, uh, I found my way into an internship with a local, uh, insurance and investment company. And that after I graduated from college, they offered me a full-time position and that just kind of, you know, naturally progressed from there. Um, you know, I never would have thought my, uh, you know, having multiple combat deployments, never thought would have pictured myself being in insurance, uh, but that's just kind of how it happened. And I spent uh, the next decade at a, a large insurance and ins- uh, investment institution here in the Milwaukee area uh, before I decided to transition again. Now you said, uh, you said in your bio that you spent some time as, as a leadership in leadership and coaching Were were you doing more than just selling insurance? Yeah, so I worked for um, the, our corporate headquarters. Um, so I was um, 
you know, a lot of behind the scenes work um, as far as, um, you know, the actual process goes into implementing insurance policies and um, that kind of stuff. So, you know, I was leading teams, I was helping other leaders develop as well. So uh, I had a chance to move around quite a bit within that 10 years. You know, they say, I hear a lot of grunts say all the time that I was a grunt. I don't have really much in the way of civilian skills or anything like that. Um, How much of your soft skills that you learned in the Marine Corps, you know, how important were those to your success in the insurance business with doing what you're doing with leadership and coaching? Uh, Yeah. I mean, extremely important, you know, the, the, the disciplines that the military tends to instill and in us as we're going through boot camp and beyond is, you know, from a very, early on, we, uh, are, you know, taught leadership skills. We're taught how to take care of one another. We're, we're talking about, um, taught about mission first and accomplishing the mission above all else. So those are skills that while you might not be able to, you know, quantify, um, but you can be able to put those into ways to showcase those characteristics, whether you're, you know, in insurance or something else, but yeah, those, some, some, some of those soft skills of being able to lead others, um, taking on hard tasks and, um, you know, not being afraid to fail are, are a lot of those, uh, things that I carried with me, uh, beyond, um, the Marine Corps and instill into my new business today. And so I'm trying to think of how I want to ask this question. So being an infantry Marine, several combat tours, granted you have transitioned, you've been, you've been, uh, re-indoctrinated into the co- college way of things. Yeah. And you're, you're bad. You're back to being a big civilian here at this point, of course, but you know, the insurance business is their insurance business is a great business because it's very stable. It, it moves mm-hmm. really slow. Things don't change a whole lot. It's if you get in the right, you know, if you get into the right niche, it's, it can be a very stable, you know, lucrative career, probably not real fast pace or, or, or moving, moving quickly, like uh, being a grunt in the Marine Corps. But when your first few years there, when you, when you, when you're in the insurance business, did you find like, was it extremely boring to you or was it interesting? Did you feel like, uh, responsibility wise, you're way ahead of your peers or talk through a little bit of some of that. Yeah, I'd say, um, you know, the insurance and financial services, uh, you know, industry is really geared towards, you know, veterans because you have a lot of autonomy to be able to, to work for yourself and to, to build a book of business. Mm-hmm. Now, now what I did after that was a little bit different. Like I got into the corporate more stability side of things, but yeah, you're right. It, it does move a little bit slower. Uh, especially if you're used to being fast paced and making decisions on the fly, not being afraid to fail, you know, insurance, usually they're more risk averse. So they're going to take their time, make decisions at their own pace. So that can be frustrating at times. Uh, and then, you know, going back to the peer question, you know, even going through school in college, you know, I was four or five years older than my peers at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that life experience that you have outside of, you know, growing up, going to high school, then going directly to college. Um, that 
again, it can be frustrating at times where you're, you know, you're showing up early to class um, or you're on time and you got everything accomplished that you need to accomplish, but maybe some of your peers don't and they don't take it as seriously. So, you know, that can be frustrating. That Those are pieces that I had to work through on my own time. Um, and same with the corporate world too, is that you're working with teams and people that don't have the same experience as you uh, being in high pressure situations, making decisions on the fly. So again, things move a little slower. So it can be frustrating for somebody that just coming out of that kind of military background to find themselves in right away. Um, so I, I tend to, you know, when I talk to student veterans, when I talk to other veterans in the corporate world, you know, I like to kind of just tell them slow down a little bit and enjoy the process and, you know, learn from, learn from past people's mistakes and, you know, try and make it a little bit better. Yeah. So, um, where, where did this entrepreneurial bug come from? Like did, what did the, did the insurance business kind of trigger that entrepreneurial instinct? Cause in, in many ways you said you can, you can work independently, build a bit, book of business, that kind of thing. Yeah. So you're, you just kind of can be an entrepreneurial uh, type venture underneath the larger insurance company. Is that where it came from? Have you always been had an interest in entrepreneurship? Yeah, I think so. I've always had that interest there of, you know, being able to work for myself um, and and build something, build a brand, build a business. Uh, That's probably one of the reasons I was attracted to the insurance you know industry right away is that I could kind of, you know, within a structure work for myself and, um, you know, build a business that way. Uh, didn't work out for me. I wasn't that passionate about it. So um, I decided to move on. But yeah, that, that bug's always been there. And even within the organization, you know, they call the, they call people intrapreneurs, you know, people that work within an organization, but still have the mindset of an entrepreneur, but mm-hmm. maybe don't want the risk of it. Um, so I'd, I'd always kind of had that, you know, underneath. And then ultimately I decided to make the move after years and years and years of, you know, working within a stable organization that, you know, it's time for me to move on and try something different. Yeah. All right. Well, hold that thought. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. As a 32 year member of Navy federal, I can verify that Navy Federal gets the military. May is Military Appreciation Month, and no one appreciates the military more than Navy Federal. Navy Federal Credit Union wants to thank the men and women in the U.S. military for their important commitment to our country. Members can enjoy an average earnings and savings of $352 per year, a savings rate three times the industry average, an average credit card APR 5% lower than the industry average, award-winning 24-7 stateside member services, over 350 branches worldwide. Show your own support for our troops with hashtag Mission Military Thanks. Learn more about how Navy Federal is celebrating the commitment that connects them to their members at NavyFederal.org slash celebrate. Insured by NCUA. Dollar value represents the results of the 2020 Navy Federal Member Giveback Study. Value claim based on Navy Federal's 2020 Member Giveback Study. Credit card value claim based on 2020 Navy Federal as low as APR averages compared to Advertised industry APR averages as of December 31st, 2020. Published on creditcards.com. All right, back talking with uh, Marine veteran Greg Fisher, co-founder of Burn Pit Barbecue. So you've had a little bit of an entrepreneurial bug going. You're working around a bunch of entrepreneurs uh, working inside the insurance industry. Where did the idea for Burn Pit Barbecue come from? Well, I had... Um always kind of had a passion for grilling and barbecuing um, ever since I got out of the Marine Corps. Um, you know, I was doing that on the weekends, you know, during the week, you know, in my downtime, it was really kind of a way for me to express myself and, you know, get rid of maybe some of the stressors I had in life. Um, and, you know, as I was going through that, you know, I was always kind of, 
um, developing my own rubs and sauces and maybe giving away as gifts um, at Christmas time and, and birthdays and stuff. So eventually I, I came to a point, you know, in August of 2020, where I said, you know what, maybe there's a business here. Uh, maybe it's time for me to try this thing out. Cause if I, if I have this job, I'm never going to you know, fully take the risk on and try this thing. So um, I ultimately decided to uh, quit my, my, my job and, and go in full time on this barbecue passion that I had to see if I can make it work. And, you know, August, 2020 was when burn pit BBQ was born. So how far along in the business plan process or startup process were you when you walked away from the corporate job? Very, very beginning stages. We had just, um, decided to, you know, make that leap and do it. And also, um, we didn't have any products to sell. You know, we didn't have any idea of how we were going to make money just yet. All we knew is that during the pandemic, more people were buying grills and smoking meats from home because they couldn't go out to restaurants and do those types of things. So we thought there's an opportunity there for us to uh, lean on our decade worth of experience doing those types of things in the backyard and just providing a resource and recipes and tips on a blog. And then shortly after that, we just, we, uh, we launched a lineup of all natural rubs, uh, seasonings and sauces. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so who came up with the name? <laughs> Uh, so it was a, that, that was a collection. I do have uh, some other veterans here um, that uh, was that were a sounding board for us as we were kind of decide what, what type of name. But uh, uh, one of them mentioned, "Hey, why don't you call it Burn Pit?" And then I was like, hey, "I love that." <laughs> uh, a little veteran humor. Um, you know, we don't take ourselves too seriously. And uh, I was like, "Yeah, that's perfect. Let's do it." Yeah. Because I'm sure most most veterans understand the whole concept of the burn pit, but there might be some people that don't. Cause burn pits yeah. were all over Iraq and Afghanistan. There's burning trash, and there's always this constant yeah. distinctive smell of of the plastic, <laughs> the paper, and who knows what else uh, that was burning. And of course, burn pit. The whole burn pit thing's been big in the news, and the lawyers got a hold of it and everything too now. So <laughs> there's a yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot going on with the VA and the whole burn pit. You know, I guess if you were downwind of a burn pit for six months straight. Yeah. <laughs> um. yeah, yeah. So we do, you know, we do have to explain a little bit. We know our veteran, um, you know, we know our veteran friends kind of understand it, what it is, but, um, but it also, again, it allows us to have that conversation of what it is and bring a little bit of awareness to it as well. Yeah. Um, so it does have that dual purpose of, um, you know, kind of speaking to who we are as a veteran organization, but then also helping to create some awareness when people have questions like, what does burn pit mean? Um, you know, what is that? So uh, it's a dual purpose and, you know, we will continue to kind of share that message as, as we can. Yeah. Now, do you, do you actually have a, do you actually have a storefront or you, or so you're mostly doing uh, rubs and, and, and sauces and, and products to, to help you barbecue, but you're not actually selling barbecue itself. Yeah, that's correct. So we, we have the, the rubs, the sauces, the seasonings, which we sell online on our website. Um, we are on Amazon as well, but we don't have a storefront. We do partner with a lot of local um, butcher shops, meat shops, and retailers here uh, in Wisconsin and Northern Illinois. Uh, to continue to get our, our products in front of new people. Um, but th that's just, you know, one avenue that we continue to expand on this year is trying to uh, increase our retail um, presence uh, across the country. Awesome. So go back to, go back to when you walked away from the corporate job and you, and you're just starting the burn pit barbecue. You know, how did you, how did you decide that you were going to go with rubs and, and products and recipes and videos versus opening a restaurant? I and mean, what, what was the thought process or was it just, you know, 
shotgun tasking and see, <laughs> see what works, see what sticks to the wall. Yeah. So, I mean, we knew that, um, we didn't want to be in the kitchen, um, because that just takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we knew if we want to get this brand up and running quickly, um, you know, during the pandemic restaurants were shut down anyways. So that wasn't really an option for yeah. us. Um, and we wanted to, uh, make sure that we could help people cook from home because uh, that's what we're passionate about. We're passionate about, you know, cooking for our families and our friends in our backyard. So, mm-hmm. you know, we looked around at the environment. Uh, we saw that this is an opportunity for us to help people. Uh, but then with the products, um, it's very important for us to understand what's in our rubs, seasonings and sauces. So we go with all natural. Um, there's no preservatives, no fillers. Uh, they're gluten-free. Um, because it's important for us to understand what's going into our bodies. And when we looked at the marketplace here locally, uh, you could go into the grocery store and buy a $2 bottle of rub and it's all fillers. It's all sugars. And that's just something that we're kind of passionate about is allowing our, you know, people who follow our brand to know that it's high quality ingredients being bottled here in the state of Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I never really thought about, uh, you know, rubs and I mean, that's the problem with like almost all of our food is it's, they fill everything with sugar. Like even things they shouldn't don't even need to fill with sugar. They fill it with sugar anyway. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, we have a lot of, everyone's going gluten free now. And, um, so do do a lot of rubs and sauces have a lot of gluten in them also? It depends on where you go and what you're looking for. Uh, I'd say most of them are probably gluten free. Um, and, uh, you know, the sugar, the sodium, you know, we have a lot of people that, um, uh, are looking for sugar free stuff. Um, you know, for us, we like to have a little bit of sugar in there it, it helps, uh, with, uh, you know, the barbecuing and the flavor profiles. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do have, uh, you know, one, uh, sugar free product. Um, and then we try and keep them low sodium, um, sodiums, uh, uh, people watching their sodium all over the place. So, you know, we try and keep it all natural, low sodium, um, just, uh, to help, you know, people make smart decisions about their health and, you know, still having good flavorful food. Yeah. So can you share any lessons of, uh, you know, online product sales and marketing kind of stuff that yeah. you guys went through? Um, yeah, I'd say, um, you know, the first year is great. Everybody wants to get out there and support you and buy your products and stuff. As you move past that kind of the 12 month mark, um, that's kind of when the real work starts to come in where you have to continue to find new uh, customers and, um, expand, uh, your presence online, whether that's through marketing or for us, retail expansion to get in front of new people. Um, so I'll say, you know, you know, once the honeymoon period is over, that's kind of when the work really starts and you have to make sure you're ready for that. Um, otherwise you're going to be stressed and you're going to be, um, you know, kind of like, okay, what's happening here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'd say that's probably the biggest learning that we, we saw we went through, um, earlier this year was, a lot of hype, a lot of really good engagement up front, And then kind of after 12 months, that's when the real work where we really roll up our sleeves and start looking mm-hmm. for new customers and, and ways to expand um, our brand to, to meet new people and new marketplaces. Wow. That's interesting. So you have a, is it a, is it a big social media enterprise or you find in yeah. word of mouth, person to person things working better? Uh, a little bit of both um, because we do have um, our products, you know, usually a new product on the market. They 
Uh, people are a little skeptical about it. So they want to try it first. They want to sample it. So we had a lot of success going out to local farmers markets and events that are barbecue geared towards barbecue to set up booths and have people sample our products. Mm-hmm. And usually when they, they try it, they love it and they buy it. Um, and then also online, um, you know, we do have a pretty large following on Facebook and Instagram, um, where we continue to share recipes and, and talk about our products and who we are and what our mission is. Um, because not only do we like to provide good tasting rubs and sauces, we also like to continue to give back to the veteran community by doing fundraisers, fundraisers, giving a portion back to local veteran organizations. Um, so we like to share that story and tell that because we know people like to support companies that do that as well. Mm-hmm. So are you, are you in profit mode yet? Uh, I'd say we are very heavily invested into the company. So uh-huh. uh, the first year we, um, you know, we just had our taxes done. So I can say we are in profit mode, but it's very thin. Um, mm-hmm. As we move into um, year two and year three, obviously the goal is to be a profitable company for a long time. So uh, we're making strategic uh, investments back into our business, whether that's through PR marketing and inventory uh, development. So right now we're heavily focused on those pieces. So you know, profitability is obviously the goal, um, but we are continue to reinvest a lot of what we make in, back into the business. Uh, and then also through those ter- strategic partnerships with a lot of local veteran non profit organizations. Um, we like to give back. Um, so those are kind of our focuses right now. Yeah. So, um, as far as making, making your products, you guys making them yourself or did you contract with a, you know, like a food company or something and and just work with them to have them do it for you? Yeah. So again, like uh, our mission right away was to grow the brand as quick as we could. And we knew if we were in the kitchen making these things, like it would take their time away from all the business management mm-hmm. pieces. So we decided to partner with a Wisconsin based bottler that bottles our products for us. And then we inventory, we manage and we ship um, as well as the continued day to day of the business. Um, but that, that was just a decision that we made early on that we knew that we wanted to do um, in order to be able to kind of, kind of scale at, at, a, at a faster pace. Now, oftentimes I hear when, when people are trying to go the, go the health, the real healthy route and they go to a bottler or, or a, a, I, don't, I can't remember the term, like food packer, food producer. Yeah. Um, that person tries to say, okay, this is how you really need to make it. You, you're going to have to get in line and, and be like everybody else. Did you have any problems with that? Like, oh no, you, you can't have really low sugar like that. You're going to have to, you're going to have to change these. You're going to put right. more of this in, less of that. Was there any issues there? Uh, no, we, um, yeah, the, again, that was one of the things when we first started doing our research, um, we found a company that they already do all natural products um, and they only bottle all natural stuff in their facilities. So cool. it, it made sense for us to partner with them. So we didn't have any of that kind of pushback or anything like that. Um, it, it just kind of, uh, it worked out real well for us that way. Wow. And then distribution is, it, are, are you, are you in that many stores at the moment? Or are you mostly uh, getting most of your sales from online? Uh, I'd say mostly online, but we are in uh, roughly 20 uh, retail stores, again, throughout Wisconsin and Northern Illinois. Uh, and we continue to expand each month. Um, I think this year we're up over um, 100% um, since we started trying to build out our retail partnerships. And uh, those are things that we continue to do this year. And, you know, we're really looking to 
expand here in our home state of Wisconsin, uh, but then also strategically throughout the U.S. where they might be large veteran populations that uh, might, uh, um, you know, be uh, be more apt to, you know, coming to our brand and trying our products out. Mm-hmm. So what were some of the biggest struggles in the beginning? Um, not really knowing much about the industry or, or anything really. Um, I mean, yeah. was, was your ignorance of what you were walking into a, a benefit to you or, um, yeah. you know, if you could go back and do it over again, what kind of things would you change? Yeah, I'd say, um, you know, ing- our ignorance in, in the industry was, you know, helpful a little bit. You know, we, uh, we came in, you know, guns blazing, ready to go and, um, quickly, understood that things maybe happen a little bit slower when you're looking at bottling and, and doing that kind of inventory management piece. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say for us, it would be kind of, Hey, get a really good handle on what your most profitable avenues of being able to sell your products are. Um, online's great. Um, and, but that takes a lot of time from us to be able to ship and, you know, manage that, you know, retail, they often order large, you know, quantities at a time. So again, margins not, might not be as high there, but you know, the ability to move products faster is there. Um, so I would say, you know, focus on those avenues that, you know, you identify right away as being the ones that, you know, can help you make money the fastest. Mm-hmm. Um, so we probably do a lot of things differently that way. You know, in-person events are great, especially as we were coming coming out of COVID and being able to, um, you know, be in person. There's a lot of people coming out to those events and we, you know, did some very, uh, we did very well at those. So I probably focused more on those two early on. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of different things I do differently. Now, uh, if I could go back in time, but uh, we, we evolve and we change and we just implement those with what we're doing now. So if you, uh, starting to just trying to start an entrepreneurial venture where it's, you know, it's you and another guy, uh, get, getting started, yeah. um, were there things in the beginning that you were doing yourself that you realized I shouldn't be doing this anymore? And you were able to farm those things out. Like, uh, like, were you doing the books yourself or were you, um, and you said you didn't start off actually making the product yourself in the, like in the garage, like you always hear, but were there a lot of things that you, you had to give up and, and, and task out to other people that was difficult to do or was being in the insurance industry for, for several years, a benefit to you there where you, you, you started from the beginning by just building a team. Yeah, it, I'd say we quickly realized after probably the first six months is that we needed to be able to bring in strategic partners to help us get where we wanted to go faster. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, one of those was obviously having somebody coming in doing the bookkeeping um, that was very knowledgeable of that that could help us. Um, so we hired somebody to do that. Uh, we hired somebody to help us with our. Um, search engine optimization, SEO for our website and marketing. And then also when we launched on Amazon, uh, we knew that was just a whole jungle in itself that could take up a lot of time and resources. So we hired somebody to help us with that. Um, And then also, you know, national PR marketing, Uh, again, pieces where we don't have the expertise and we can spend all of our time trying to learn it, but, you know, we decided to bring in partners to do that. Um, and we're growing, um, every month. So, you know, we started off doing, uh, shipping and things, um, 
ourselves. And as we continue to grow, we hope to bring in people to, you know, package and ship our products for us. Um, but again, that's the continued evolution of a small business is you have to understand, you know, when to, when to bring somebody on and when to just kind of suck it up and do it yourself until it comes to a point where, you know, my time is more valuable, um, you know, doing things like this and it might be, you know, packaging a bottle of sauce and shipping it away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now were those lessons like, hard for you to learn or were you, you know, were you, did you flow easily with that? Cause there are some people that refuse to give up certain things in their business. Yeah. I see it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I think from a mindset, um, me and my business partner, um, we've, we've seen enough and we've been around an, a long enough time of other entrepreneurs and are constantly studying what's going on in the, the space that, yeah, we know we have to outsource some things and we can't take it all on ourselves. Otherwise we're going to burn out. Um, and then also these are people that have expertise in a certain area that we need it. Um, so it's worth the investment to pay them to do that. Uh, that's not always easy, especially for a startup is to, you know, give other people more money than you're probably paying yourself. Um, but, uh, you know, again, you have to have kind of a more long-term vision, um, than just kind of the immediate because hopefully those things will pay off and sometimes you get burned and it doesn't, but you know, there's only one way to, to, to learn from that is to go out and do it. Yeah. Hey, Greg, uh, if we were interested in uh, checking out Burn Pit Barbecue, how do we do that? Yeah, you can go out to our website, burnpitbbq.com. Uh, you can see all of our products out there. Um, like I mentioned as well, we do have our, our rubs and our seasonings on Amazon. So if you go to Amazon, just search Burn Pit BBQ. We'll come up there. Um, and then also you can follow us on our social media pages. Um, Facebook is Burn Pit BBQ. And Instagram is Burn Pit BBQ Guys. Awesome. Well, hey, final word. If you're talking to somebody in the military looking to get out and start their own business, run their own show, what kind of advice right. would you have for them? Um, do it, <laughs> try it. Um, <laughs> you know, one of the things that we have the advantage of being in the military is again, like we, we, um, we're not afraid to take chance and risk and uh, we adapt really quickly. So if we make a wrong decision, we move on, we pivot and it doesn't, we don't let it stop us too bad. So, um, you know, I'd say go out, give it a shot. You know, if you're uncertain to what you want to do, you know, there's a lot of resources available. You have to kind of go out and search for them, but um, I'm always happy to have a conversation. You know, you can look me up on LinkedIn, Greg Fisher, um, and connect with me. I'd be more than happy to sit down and chat with anybody that's thinking about starting their own business um, or just connect with any veterans uh, transitioning out. Um, Cause I've, I've gone through a number of different transitions since I've been out of the Marine Corps from, you know, Marine Corps to school to corporate to, you know, working for myself. So I hope to, you know, share that experience in case uh, anybody else wants to, to learn and not go through some of those, some of those pain points that maybe I went through. Yeah. All right. Well, Hey Greg, thanks for sharing your veteran entrepreneurial success story. You guys are like right on the edge of, of uh, expanding and growing big. So we look forward to seeing your future success. I appreciate it, Joe. Thanks again for having me on. You bet. All right. These two Marines are Oscar Mike. Thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike. <laughs>